think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to smash it up on a 4-0 edition of the Sunday Smash. Ira Show fell in the house. My name is Tom Lang. Ira, how you doing, man? We made it to the bye week. There are no losses for Florida State at the bye week. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about the fact that we, we were sitting here at 4-0 a year ago. Um, but I feel like this is a, a better 4-0. I feel like it's a, it's a it's a more impressive 4-0. You've already gotten past that Clemson game. You know, last year you you come out of 4, you're 4-0, but you – looking at that stretch of Wake, Clemson, NC State, and you're thinking, okay, well, those are probably three of your tougher ACC teams. Well, you've already knocked one of them off uh, in Clemson, and <clears throat> you, you don't play one of the other two. So uh, I think they're in great shape, but uh, it's, it's kind of a weird time because you, you know, obviously they can play a whole lot better, and we expect them to play better, mm-hmm. but they are 4-0. Yeah, I said yesterday and on the post game show that I'm going to treat this post game as a as a result over process show. Like, there's plenty of time with the bye week to do nitpicking on the offense and the defense. Like, if if you have a phase of the ball that you stand for, as the kids used to say, uh, you had a moment to do that yesterday. But then, if you've got a side of the ball that you like picking on, you had plenty of reason to do that as well. First half, second half, kind of changed. Second quarter for the offense was awesome, uh, but then after that, not much at all. Um, so th- there's a lot to, to clean up and get better for Florida State, Ira. But before the season started, if, if you know you asked us or FSU fans out there, hey, if Florida State goes 4-0 and but there's a lot that they need to get better at, would you take it? Like everybody, yeah. everybody would take it. And so it's just it's a weird place. I don't know if you want to go uh, on the process side of things, Ira, or if you just want to sit back, kick back, and bask in the glory that is a top-five football team. <clears throat> that has the inside track to Charlotte for the ACC championship and the playoff if they continue to win the games before them. It's a, it's a great place to be. Yeah, I mean, I think everything's true. You know, all of these different aspects of this are real. You know, they, they are playing better in the second half. Uh, this was a game in the second half defensively where Clemson got some yards, but Florida State made big plays. They kept them out of the end zone. Um, that's real. You know, that's real also. So, But the first half defense is real just like it was in the LSU game the only difference between this game and the LSU game was in the LSU game you got those fourth down stops Clemson was more formidable in those situations and Florida State didn't do that and uh, so they were able to punch it in and get those touchdowns and and you know I think from a uh, from an offensive standpoint it's more confusing than it is concerning in my opinion Uh, I'm not exactly sure why they've kind of gone to this approach of just chucking it downfield and, and, and assuming that Johnny and Keon are going to win all these jumps balls. Um, you know, it's not very efficient, but it, 
it, it, it can be effective. I mean, they caught 10 passes. Those two guys caught 10 passes for 180 yards. <clears throat> I feel like you've got a lot of other weapons though, that aren't really being used. So yep. um, it's just a weird, you know, the running game, we fight, we focused so much on Trey Benson the first few weeks. I thought Trey Benson ran pretty well in this game. He had some, I thought very impressive runs, um, but there wasn't a lot there. Clemson really, they were stacking it. They were bringing pressure. The reason you had those one-on-ones is because Clemson was bringing a lot of pressure and stacking the box. And so you're not going to have big rushing days in that. But I thought when Trey did run, if Trey runs like he did Saturday, I think he's going to have some big games this season. So um, it's just, it's such a, there's not, there's nothing really you can put your hands on and say, okay, this is definitely what this team is. Um, It's just a combination of all of these things. And it was a street fight against a desperate team. That's the yeah. other thing. You know, we don't have a lot of information on just how good Clemson is, but we're going to know by season's end. They still have Miami, Notre Dame, North Carolina on their schedule. So, so big games for Clemson moving forward. They are 0-2 in last place in the ACC right now, and we laugh at that, and we should laugh at that. Wanted to get, a, a you know, most of you folks in the show before I told you who it's sponsored by, but now we're, uh, you know, approaching 500 people uh, on Warchant TV. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunday Smash Presented by State Farm agent Russ Voorhis, an OG with Warchant.com in terms of sponsorship and somebody who supports Florida State Athletics all the way through. A booster, endowed scholarships, you name it. Russ Voorhis.com is the website. He's got two offices in Florida, but he supports and uh, he services, I should say, rather, as Don Julio is flashed on the screen. Uh, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. So thank you to Russ Voorhis for his support of this program. Ira flashed the Don Julio on the screen. Does this mean that Don Julio will be consumed tonight on the smash? It was just, it was just somebody asked a question. Somebody asked a question. Where is the Don? The Don is here ever present when we're doing the smash. Uh, but we, you know, we're, we're not sure. We're, we're going to have to feel it out. Okay. Well, we are four and zero now. I mean, th- there is reason here. I think we could have gotten you to agree to it, Ira, before the season started. If they start four and zero, would you enjoy some Don? You would have said, hell yeah. You wouldn't have hesitated. So I think yeah. we can, Good. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and uh, and I, I'm sorry, I went to that before we uh, thanked Russ. I, you know, I just want to thank Russ again for for uh, sponsoring the show and uh, kind of you know making it possible for all of us to be here and enjoy another hour together. We're enjoying an hour in which Florida State is undefeated, no longer has a losing streak to Clemson that goes all the way back to 2014. That's all gone now. Florida State has, as I've said a bunch in the last day, the inside track uh, to all of their goals. This this bye week came at a great time. They're banged up. Uh, I think, you know, you know, last week against Boston College, Ira, you could see where Maury Smith was valuable to get him back. I think yesterday taught us that Robert Scott is valuable, too, because uh, if you can get Bless Harris over on that right side, I think that shores up some things at tackle for Florida State. So they get a break. Uh, you don't want to count any win as automatic. Boston College scared the living daylights out of Florida State, but you got Virginia Tech on the other side. Very winnable game at home. Florida State plays three consecutive games at home after the bye week. So the timing of this couldn't have been better. Uh, but Ira, yesterday, Gene and I talked for well over two hours. So I think the folks here on the channel know what our take was preliminarily. But you did the wrap, the Vitamin Energy wrap. It's on the channel right now, Warchant TV. But I'm just fascinated to hear what a unique game to watch from afar. Because Clemson was ahead the entire way. Florida State didn't take a lead until mm-hmm. overtime. What was it like to be in that building? And what was it like to be on the field and in that press area after the game was over? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. I actually was gonna wanted to bring that up. I was curious on television, if you could really feel what the atmosphere was like, because man, I'm impressed that they won that game. Um, and we could talk about, you know, the little different things here or there, but that crowd was awesome. That stadium was packed. Uh, they were in it and they smelled blood 
and it was going to be a big win for them. You know, they look, man, they lost to Duke. This was their chance to kind of get back on the national stage. You said you played a kind of a cage tiger and uh, to use the uh, analogy and they, and they, they Clemson gave their best shot. I mean, I think that was the thing that I really came away from that game was, and, and I started to tweet it around halftime and a couple different times. And I was like, yeah, let me see how it all plays out. But I just, I thought Clemson's skill guys outplayed Florida state skill guys for the most part. I thought, uh, and again, through most of the game, I thought their receivers won more of the 50-50 balls and made contested catches, made guys miss, ran hard through tackles, broke tackles. I thought Florida State's uh, receivers, you know, at times, I don't say got dominated by Clemson's DBs, but yeah. they lost a lot of those matchups against Clemson's DBs. And so, and then Clay, Kate Klubnick played better than I expected. You know, going into that game, I thought Florida State would have to play below what I think they're capable of. And I thought Clemson would have to play above what they're capable of for Clemson to win. Well, I think those two things happened, but Florida state still found a way to win the game. And right. to me in that environment, man, it's super impressive. I, it, it was loud, man. It was, it was really, really loud. It was very intense and they were down 10 points, two different times. And I thought on the verge of getting knocked out, then Clemson goes up seven and is driving in for what looks like they're going to go by 10 or 14 in the late in the third quarter. And I was thinking to myself, man, they, this defense desperately needs a turnover or something big to happen. And sure enough, Caleb Village comes up with that, that scoop and score. And if that doesn't happen, who knows, but man, it did happen. And they made plays so many times when their backs were against the wall with 80,000 people screaming at them. Yeah. It just, it felt like game over when they got past the 50 yard line, the Mafa run. I mean, it's, it's counter. They see Florida state sees that every day in camp and in practice when they go good on good, they didn't do what they were supposed to. It's a giant play for 40 yards. I'm thinking it. I'm sure you guys in, in the press box were thinking it like, all right, ball game. This is um, they're going to have to lick their wounds and figure out what they are over the bye week. But that's where sports is the best, Ira. I mean, it just completely flips on its head. My wife jumps off the couch as the ball's on the ground. It bounces off of Braden Fisk's hand, which if he recovers it, who knows where the offense goes? They weren't going anywhere in the half, Ira. What, what no, were you going to say? My, 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 my big concern was when the ball's on the ground and Braden Fisk leans over to pick it up, I thought to myself, He's gonna he's he's trying to recover it and run and he's not yeah. gonna get it and yeah. Clemson's gonna recover it and Florida State and and the the never dreamed that he would like flip it to Kalen Delochu and then run it back for a touchdown. I mean, you know, and it was a game where there were some breaks both ways. You know, I mean, Florida State got a, that was I think in the end of that play, the result of that play was a break. They made it by you know getting the sack and getting the force yeah. and the fumble, but man, that ball could have bounced any number of ways and it worked out perfectly. Um, but Clemson got some breaks too. And I thought, you know, the, uh, they got a couple of penalties at, at oh, huge geez. moments. Don't get me started. <laughs> Look, you know, it, it was funny in the post game yesterday, I was saying, this is a sneaky, really bad game from the officials. Like there's not mm-hmm. that one call that the announcers are going, Ooh, I can't believe that they did that. But I was saying, as we get farther and farther away from the emotions of game time and it gets broken down and we have these in-depth looks at it, you're going to see it on social media. There's a lot of BS stuff that happened yeah. yesterday. I'm not saying it's an inside job. I'm not I'm not that guy. I'm just saying if there were 10 calls that could have gone either way, Clemson got eight of them, you know? I mean... Uh, a couple, that- weird, couple weird spots. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, was, there, was, there was some interesting stuff. But, you know, but again, man, and you had that crowd and you're down 10 two times. And you still found a way to win, dude. I mean, like that's – so to me, 
I don't know, man. Like I, I'm not apologizing for them making mistakes. We're not playing well. And I get that there's things to fix, but there's a lot to be said for winning a game like that. I mean, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. I just, again, I would say how, if you're asking yourself, how impressive is that win? Really? You'll know more in time with the more opponents that Clemson plays, you know, I, I get it. But to me, I don't even, I don't even care about that as much because I saw how Clemson played on that day. Yeah. Okay. And they've got a bunch of four and five star football players who made plays. Their receivers made plays. Their uh, you know, defensive players made plays. Their quarterback made plays. Now, if they go out and stink next week, that doesn't change what I thought about Saturday. Yeah. Clemson made plays and Florida State still found a way to win. So so to me, I'm not gonna worry as much about that. I get it, man. Like BC and Southern Miss. It is concerning that you you really haven't played a complete game now and you've had a couple games where you didn't look very sharp. But to me, this game is its own entity. And Clemson, I thought, played great. I thought they played over their head as well as they could play. And Florida State still beat them in Clemson. Yeah, and I think if you you look at Florida State's defense, uh, which got a lot better in the second half, uh, I'm I'm kind of – over right now that the criticism of Adam Fuller from what was you know the Boston College game into Clemson I know if, if I'm going to point a finger I look at Mike and I say yo man you, you've got a veto during the week when they install a game plan and they say this is the, the strategy that we're going to use there was a lot of similarities Ira in the first half yesterday that there you know to what happened in Boston College if you look at the way they started and then when they said in the second half you know what the hell with it we're bringing pressure left and right yeah. this defense when they get downhill they play more man to man. They press. Yeah, you're going to get beaten on a slant every once in a while. Like that's just that's the nature of the beast. But they were very close to getting a kill shot type of hit on Klubnik before they actually yeah. did. So that wasn't like wow, he finally dialed up a blitz. They had kind of flipped the switch, Ira, and they said no, no, okay, this is not working. Whatever this little zone stuff we're doing, Klubnik has simple reads out of the backfield to Shipley three or four times. One of which was on the touchdown. Let's let's stop this. Let's just go man to man, player for player, and see where it all ends up. And that's where it got better for Florida State. Look in the second half, uh, it's seven to seven. Defense scores seven. Defense gives up seven. So it's net neutral for Florida State uh, defensively. I just wonder if they will come out a little bit more aggressive moving forward, rather than uh, something that looked a little bit more passive. And I think that's that's got to be on the head coach at this point saying this ain't working. So let's be hair on fire, Florida State, rather than keep it in front of us, Florida State. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I also think you're you go into games with, uh, you know, you, you make uh, preconceived notions as a, as a play caller or as a game planner. Like I believe our front four can win up front against their offensive line, and then if it doesn't do that, well, now you've got to adjust. But you're. Do you want to take chances if you don't need to? So yeah. I, I get the idea there, um, but it hasn't. I mean, that front four didn't win a lot of those battles. I mean, I think Josh Farmer had some great moments. Yeah. Verse had some good moments. Um, but overall, they were not dominating Clemson's offensive line. So now you've got to do something different. I also think they they didn't know. I don't know. It seemed to me like they thought maybe Cade, and I haven't watched enough Clemson football the last few starts that Cade Klubnick's made. But it almost felt like they didn't think he would throw the ball over the middle as much because mm-hmm. they, you know, they were they were letting them have those slants. They were playing a lot of outside leverage and letting them take the take those passes over the middle. I wonder if maybe they didn't think Cade would take those chances. Um, they also did some other stuff. You know, they 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 didn't do well. You know, like they there were a couple of times they dropped defensive ends in coverage 
but didn't do it well. Jared Verse didn't get deep enough on one down near the goal line where you know he dropped he, where he dropped back to. He didn't drop far enough back to really clog up the passing lane, and yep. so Klubnik just threw dumped it over the top of him. So they didn't execute some of those things real well. And you know, the good news is, man, they they're I think they they still have talent, but yep. they they do have to figure it out defensively because they're they're not nearly. Um, they're not nearly uh, effective enough defensively forcing the issue uh, throughout the course of a game as you'd like to see. Well, and some of it is uh, the substitution patterns. I think it's a legitimate question at this point. I texted you during the game yesterday. I was like, hey, on the sidelines, are are, are they like sucking wind? <laughs> you know, Jared versus Patrick Payton? Because, look, I understand that you're playing the long game here yeah. in terms of trying to keep guys fresh uh, for the key moments. You got a bye week coming up. It's Clemson. You air it out, and and there are a lot of key moments out there. Uh, you talk about defensive ends and coverage. Byron Turner was in that situation once against right. the tight end, and that was a, a deep pass connecting on the right side, uh, where Gilbert Edmond and Byron Turner are out there, and it's just it's strange. Um, you know, well, you that's, that, that's that is. I have to assume that that's a it's a Mike Norvell belief as much as an Adam Fuller belief because yeah. they've been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. and. Again, man, these fourth quarters in these second halves, I mean, they, you know, they held Clemson to seven points in the second half. Uh, they basically shut out LSU in the second half. So there could be some merit to it, even though it's frustrating in the moment. Yeah. What would you say offensively for Florida State? Uh, you know, the second quarter, Jordan's heroic in what he does. Uh, it all starts on, a, a, you know, that one drive, where it's a second and 10, there's a back shoulder seed to Trey Benson. That's a hell of a throw and a hell of a catch. It gets that drive going. Yeah. And also later he follows up with a fourth and one second effort, third effort to Lund Ford. Cause he's initially stopped short. I know they reviewed it too, to make sure that no part of his body hit the ground earlier. And if, if it was even close, I think the officials yesterday would have given the ball yeah. uh, to Clemson, but Jordan is a hero in the second quarter and Florida state gets it within reach feels similar in that way to LSU at halftime. You're like, Ooh, a lot not to like here, but it's the games within touch. You start uh, the second half with the football 40 yard play to Johnny Wilson. After that hour, the next 17 plays Florida state's yards per play is under three. Uh, What what do you think is going on there? Um, And how hurt was Jordan and and how much of a a factor do you think that played in it? I do think it's a factor, and, and we can't measure it because you know Jordan's not going to talk too much about it. Mike Norvell's certainly not going to talk about it. But you know, if he's not going to keep it on those own read things, I mean, really, is going to neutralize what you could do from a running game standpoint. I thought Clemson. You know, Jordan made the comment. There's a story up on our website right now that people can read where Jordan talked about feeling disrespected that Clemson played so much man, and they you know they loaded the box. They were going to let Johnny and Keon go one on one. And so he felt like that's disrespect and we've got to make them pay for it. <clears throat> and, you know, when Dabo talked about it, he said, yeah, man, it's, but it's not disrespect. You know, we respect him as a quarterback, but we don't want to give him time. Like yeah. we don't want him to sit back there and take time to, to figure out what we're going to do. So they brought pressure. They, they loaded the box. They, they really came after him. And I thought Jordan missed some throws that were there or could have been there, giving the receivers a chance because, you know, I think his, internal clock was probably probably a little heightened because he probably doesn't feel very good and he doesn't want to get knocked out of the game. I mean, I, he knows that it, with, with him in the lineup, they have a great chance to win all these games. If he gets knocked out, those chances drop down. So I think he's trying to preserve himself. And I felt like there were a few times where he threw the ball a little bit early because he wants to make sure he, he can protect himself. 
And I think that, you know, diminished, but some of those throws, you know, and again, I don't know if it's because he didn't feel good or if he rushed it, but you know, you do have one-on-one, but, but some of them were inside when they probably should have been outside. Uh, they weren't, they just weren't on target. And so I don't want to say that Clemson's DBs dominate. I, I did earlier, I guess that's the Clemson's DBs kind of dominated FSU's receivers at certain points, but I also thought Jordan didn't help them out sometimes. So, but I think all of that is mixed. I mean, not be, not feeling healthy. Uh, they're bringing pressure. You know, some you know maybe some of those routes took longer to, to develop. Um, you know, I, and I also don't know that. I mean, it may not have been the best game plan. Um, you yeah, know, from from Florida State's standpoint, it just it doesn't seem like they're in rhythm. You know, and yeah. and for most of the season, like the second half against LSU right now looks like the outlier. But you you fall back on how talented they are at all these positions, and you're saying if they do put it together at any point. That's how they go on a run like they did against Clemson. That's how they go 28 straight against Boston College. You know, this is this is how you go and look unstoppable out of nowhere. But the sequencing, like, you know, there's a rhythm that Mike Norvell offenses have that we saw last year. They, they, they established a jab with the run. You know, it's like that's the basis. Then they get going. They can use tempo if they want to use tempo. But it, it's not an all-or-nothing offense if you go by what last year was. This year feels like it's all-or-nothing. It's streaky. It's about yeah. big plays to the perimeter. Um, there's just there's little to no flow to it, and that's they've got time. I'm, I'm sure they're going to be spending a lot of time in the film room saying, "How do we get this stuff going?" Uh, part of it is Clemson's defense was really good uh, yesterday, For sure. yeah. uh, but there are a lot of questions, and we'll get to some people who contributed in super chats in just a moment. But I, there was one question from John talking about the slot receivers. It's a fair question, man. Do they exist? Are they the grand unicorn? Because in camp, Ira, and in practice, they do exist and they do make plays. But it seems like on Saturdays, it's the two guys on the outside, the running backs and the tight ends, and that's it. Yeah, they're not even really getting on the field all that much. Um, I think Destin – I mean, I don't know if Destin was on the field 10 snaps. I'm, Winston Wright wasn't on the field much. Um, yeah, I mean, they're 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 going with a couple tight ends a lot. They're going with Johnny and Keon, and, and, and you know, that's kind of been the offense. Now, you know, again – I don't know if it's out of concern for the offensive line because you said you don't have Robert Scott. You didn't have yep. Maurice Smith until this week. You got him back. We don't know how healthy he is. Um, and, you know, and that is a great Clemson defense front. I mean, like that's the other thing that I don't, you know, I, I don't want to take away, focus only on what Florida State did, did wrong because Clemson, they have a pair of All-Americans at linebacker. They've got a bunch of NFL players on the defensive line. They've got exceptional corners. That's a great defense. There was a great defense on paper. I think it is a great defense. And you were playing on the road. And a lot of these guys, we've talked so much about the experience of this offense because you have a lot of guys that have started a lot of college football games. Well, I mean, a lot of these guys played maybe one game a year, maybe yeah. in, a, in an environment like this. Some of them probably never played in an environment like this. And so that's all going to affect it as well. Um, but I thought, you know, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I'm more. I was more concerned about that, them not being able to run the ball against BC than I am against Clemson. Yeah. I think Clemson, man, with, if they're going to bring that many bodies up there and they're that talented, it's going to be a tough day running the football. Just like Clemson didn't really, other than Mafa's long run, Clemson didn't have a big day running the football either. But you know, the, what concerns you is they didn't run it well against BC either. Yeah, the, well, the, the funny part of it is, you know, Clemson against Duke because you really again you didn't have a whole lot to go on in terms right. of precedent with this quarterback and then with his offensive coordinator who's brand new because Charleston Southern and FAU were two of the opponents 
before the Florida State game. But you see so much to the perimeter in that Duke game, like bubble screens. And Florida State does such a good job defending it. That's the irony on, on Klubnik throwing it out there on third and inches in overtime. They didn't do that all day, Ira. Florida State was ready for that. That's what you're also saying with the outside stuff. It, yeah. They're very good at getting downhill and blowing, blowing plays like that up. So Clemson decided we're not even going to get involved in that part of the right. field. We're going to go work the middle, and they did. Um, but Florida State adjusted, and this is how things work. You learn on the fly, you adjust, and Florida State did just enough to win, and that's where Kalen Deloach uh, changes the game. Uh, let me ask you a general question before we get to some super chats and some folks who contributed so we can say thank you to them. How bullish are you on Florida State after these four games? Uh, have they played well? Like, and, and Well, the, yes, they have, but to what degree have they played well in your mind? I mean, I think they've played well from the standpoint of um, coming through when they've had to come through. Um, and I think they've shown flashes and, and starts and stops and starts of what they can be. I mean, you've seen some pretty remarkable plays here and there. Um, the fact that they haven't put a game together yet, to me, in this situation, in these circumstances, speaks more to how good they could be. You know, this is a team that's, None of us were confident, 100% confident they would get through the first month of the season 4-0. Like a lot of us thought, man, that would be awesome if they got through 4-0. But even if they're 3-1, and that's fine. And you would take that because you could still accomplish all your goals. You're 4-0 and you feel like you can get so much better. So that's a good place to be. I, the difference between the, To me, the difference between this and like 2014, 2014, you felt like, okay, this team's not playing as well as it could why not? You know, what's wrong with this team, you know? And then they never really did become what they could be because they were pretty complacent and they, they didn't, it was, it was more about attention to detail and effort and desire and taking opponents seriously. I don't think this team has any of that. It's just, hasn't really all come together yet. So to me, that makes me more bullish on the idea of man, if they can put it together, Mm-hmm. this thing could be, I mean, they're, they're winning these games against good teams right now away from home. It makes me think, man, how good could they be in this bye weeks at a perfect time? If you can get, I mean, I think Akeem Dent getting back would be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it would be a huge deal, way bigger than what any of us expected. Um, and if you get, you know, if you do get Robert Scott back, I mean, I just, I think this team's got a lot of, uh, and if Jordan can get healthy, I don't know what he's dealing with, how long that's going to bother him, but if he could get a hundred percent healthy where he can run again, you just feel like there's so much more room for this team to grow. Yeah, I think that's the the proper way to put it is, you know, they're scratching the surface for the consistency. It's not for a lack of habits, good habits, or, or want to. You're right. There, there was a culture of complacency that had set in in 2014, and that was the beginning of the rot for the program. Even though they had made it to the college football playoff, that team had a lot of bad characteristics that they handed off from class to class as it got worse and worse for Florida State. But this group, if they can put it together, Ira, the feelings that they've had to feel on the football field, the adversity that they've had to go through, they're so battle-tested <laughs> right now. You know, they, They've learned more about themselves, I think, than if they had blown out all four opponents because of you know, you're, you're on the road for a sleepy nooner at Boston College. It's all falling apart. How are you going to get through the game? And then yesterday, again, you're trailing the whole way. You find a way to get to overtime, and then you take control in overtime, and you make the plays to win. If they do put it together, they're they're built to be tough now because of what they've been through. I think that's why Mike Morrell was so proud at the end. That's a little bit harder to figure out, and and you're less likely to win if you don't play well and you go through all those things, but they found a way, so there's something to that. Yeah, and even some of these plays defensively, like 
to your point, where that wasn't the first time they blitzed. I mean, Azaria Thomas comes on clean on a blitz and yep. should be a sack and a game-changing play, but he overruns it. And I think we've seen him overrun a couple of those things. Well, those, he's a sophomore. He hasn't played a ton of football. He's going to get better and better. Um, they missed so many tackles in this game, but some of it was guys that I don't know that you thought you could be counting on. Kevin Knowles at safety or um, you know, maybe maybe some of the depth you've gotten into at linebacker. Um, I think, man, I you know, I, I again, I, I think those guys are going to get better, and the opportunities are there. That's why I'm not. I know it's everybody's going to you know blame coordinators and coaches and play callers, but there were plays to be made in that game. There were there were they probably could have had a couple of pick two or three picks in that game, but DBs just didn't make the plays, and so that I think with confidence and, and winning, maybe that comes. Nearly a 1,000 of you right now watching the Sunday Smash presented by our friend State Farm agent Russ Forhis. For more information on how he can help you in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, go to RussForhis.com. Got a few people to thank, so if Director Ben might uh, be kind enough to put up some of the contributions to the program, we want to properly thank Tommy Jenkins. Thank you very much, Tommy. Appreciate it. Good Thanks, name, Tommy. by the way. Uh, FSU fan 1993 says, Suck at Clemson, 4-0, still 4-0. The home run ball only works if the ACC knew what pass interference was. Uh, Florida State did get tugged a couple of times yesterday. Ira Jaheim Bell on a wheel against a linebacker. Clear as day on the TV copy where it, his bicep gets tugged down. Uh, he, he can't get two hands on the ball because his bicep gets tugged. And that's a big moment uh, when Florida State is going through it on offense that goes uncalled. The Keon Coleman play on fourth and ten. Good Christmas. If you're going to call Renardo Green right. five seconds after the play is over, uh, that Keon Coleman play has to be whistled. It has to be a foul and a first down for Florida State, Ira. And maybe we don't even go to overtime. So, yeah. FSU fan 1993. Again, Clemson cut out our band, cut our tickets by 1,000. So, no band and no fans, and we still win. Yeah, that was strange. You know, you go back to the copy of 10 years ago, Ira. I was watching that Friday night just to get the nostalgia uh, of yeah. a win up in Clemson. And you hear the band. They're present. But that wasn't the case yesterday. That also had to be adding to the weirdness and the hostility of the atmosphere. It was – man, there was – so there were like two pockets of Florida State fans. There was one in the corner where the Florida State's team came out of their locker room. And then there was some in the upper deck. And like in the very top, I don't know, 10 rows or so of the upper deck. So very marginalized um, <laughs> yeah. where Florida State fans could be. But there were a couple, couple cool moments, man. The war chant rang out at one point. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was the also chant. the defense, the defense chant. chant. Exactly. So, you know, the, the fans that were there represented, you could hear them. They yeah. were into it. But yeah, man, for the for 95, 98% of the game, it was pretty deafening, uh, the Clemson fans. The official DMD of War Chant TV. What's up, Z Chan? Thank you, Zach. To those upset about the ranking, who cares? Win out and we make the playoff. That is correct, period. Just a heads, uh, keep your head down, keep winning. I'm less upset about our play today than I was yesterday. That's how it happens. You get farther away from it. And you'll just be happier with the circumstances. It's a desperate Clemson team with a lot of good players, and you found a way. Uh, Silas T. Carpenter, what's up? Florida State played well enough to beat a good team in a hostile environment, and that's fine with me. So perspective, I think, is setting in a little bit, Ira. They can play a hell of a lot better. That is 100% true, but that's a tough spot to win. There's a reason you'd only won once in 20 years or so up in Clemson prior to yesterday. It might have been two, but it's it's impossible to play well consistently up there against Clemson, even when they're not even great as a program. Exactly, man. And again, I guess that's where my perspective is a little bit different. I've gone there, I probably, I don't know, 10 or so times to cover Florida State games. And most of them have been losses and even some really good teams. I mean, yep. back in, I don't know, 03 or 05, somewhere in there, Florida State was like number three in the country and went up there and got beat by a pretty average 
uh, Bowden Bowl, you know, Tommy Bowden team. Um, you know, it's just, it's a hard place to play when they're playing well. And again, man, I just, I did not expect Clemson to play as well as they did. Klubnik got hurt, hit, man. Like they came after him, they hit him, and he kept coming back and he kept playing. Uh, to his credit, he stood in there and <laughs> took the sack, uh, and fumble. Um, yeah. he was not like panicked. I mean, he was comfortable in, in, in that moment. That concerns me a little bit for the future. Um, because he looked, he looked, he looked a lot better than I expected, especially after we saw some of the pick sixes he's had earlier in his career. Uh, I thought he he played really well, and overall they played well, and they had the crowd in it. And Florida State still came back and won the game. Yeah, it without playing great. It, it reminded me of an NFL street fight, defensive street right. fight. You see a game like that more in the NFL than you do in college. Uh, but you know, Ira, I looked at the official stats, and, and I'll get to Javi in a second. But uh, you look at the official stats after the game. I think uh, Clemson stats had it that Jordan was hit three times. Like that's nonsense. He was hit closer to a dozen than three times. I mean, every time that they would cut away for a throw, he was on the ground when they cut back and they were showing Florida state getting up to go to the huddle, the next, the next play. I mean, if you had to estimate how, I mean, he was hit hard too. a lot. Both of these quarterbacks were, but what do you think? Jordan 10, 12 times. He was in this ball game. I would say at least 10. And, and, you know, again, that's where I think he was being smart about it. There were a couple of times where, he threw it before he threw it earlier than he probably would. Like there were a couple of throws. I think he makes if he stays in there and delivers the throw, which you would say, Oh man, look at that tough, that tough guy standing in there and taking the throw while a defensive player is barreling down his chest. And that's awesome. Except what if he can't play the rest of the game? And so I thought Jordan played very smart. It was, it was very, but, but it, it led to, I think some of the incompletions where he kind of let go of the ball and was fading away instead of stepping into it to, to avoid taking the, the brutal hits. Yeah. You know, Boston college, when he goes down and, and he lands on his left arm awkwardly, I'm thinking to myself, all right, if Tate's got to come in, it's not the end of the world. You just throw the ball where it's open. There's a lot of things that are open right now. Yesterday at Clemson in live speed and then watching it again today, they covered extremely well. That defense yeah. did. They covered extremely well. Did they get away with some PIs? Absolutely. But there wasn't a whole lot when Jordan's dropping back. There are a couple of plays where maybe somebody's going to come open and he had already determined to go one-on-one. But they they were blanketing our guys an awful lot. And that's maybe where you can criticize and say, maybe a speedster like a Destin Hill can help out in a moment like that rather than a slower guy like a tight end. But um, it's just – it's they they were very dialed in yesterday on both sides of the ball, Clemson. Good plays. And there were a couple of plays that could have broke that just didn't break. You know, Jaheim, it looks like he's going to dismiss the tackler – and and I mean, if he gets yeah. if he gets off that tackle, he's off to the races. But the guy made a great play and fought and got him down. Uh, and then the play you're talking about, where he doesn't catch that ball and he's being interfered with, I I I'd like I want to watch the replay because watching it live, it felt like I wanted Jaheim to sell it more. But I also <laughs> yeah. think he figured he wasn't going to get the call, so I've got to go catch it with one hand because they're not going to give me the call. So it was. Uh, yeah, they're in a tough spot, but it, it felt like Florida State was on the verge of some big plays and just didn't hit them, but still won the game. Yeah, Philip, uh, I see your comment there. He was in the stands yelling defense. You could hear it uh, clear as day on the broadcast. Right. Uh, they even talked about it, the announcers did, but you could hear it in the distance, and, and it was uh, audible. So good job there to everybody who went out to the to the uh, stadium, Memorial Stadium up in uh, Death Valley. And, and it's a strange atmosphere after the game is over. I don't know, Ira, were you down on the field as as you got, I don't want to call it triple zeros, or were you up in the box? Because like it's a mixture of both fan bases on the field and the teams are trying to get out in the tunnel. We've got great footage from Aslan. 
on the channel on Warchant TV showing about eight minutes worth of footage. But it's just such an awkward feeling when a game's over. Kind of dangerous and strange, but, uh, a, you know, Florida it, it, fans made their way on the field yesterday, too. It is always weird. It is always weird. And I remember the 13 game, for example, yeah. I thought for sure yeah. – it was going to be a brawl in the on the field because these Clemson fans, they come in no matter if they won or lost, and they just got curb stomped. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking if those guys come down there and start – but they don't really, for the most part, they just come down and walk around, and yeah. you, know, you don't see them starting any trouble, which is good. But it doesn't seem like a great thing. Did you see the thing that um, uh, Larry Williams from the – when the Clemson sites tweeted, the the fan that stands behind the, the opposing coach whenever they – Clemson loses at home. Have you seen that? No, no. If, if Ben wants to bring it up, Larry Williams, um, Larry Williams from Tiger Insider. I'm not sure what the website is. Anyway, he tweet that the last three times Clemson and Clemson's like 62 and three since two, 2014 at home. So again, enjoy this win. Yeah. They don't lose a lot at home. 62 and three, and the last three losses they the when their coaches are being interviewed on the field, the same Clemson fan has stood behind all three coaches and just like he's standing behind Norvell as Norvell's talking yesterday. And the, when he, they lost to Narduzzi at home, he's standing behind him, that same guy. And he just shakes his head every time <laughs> yeah. you know, it's creepy as hell, man. But like, why is that guy down in the field? Um, but, but they let everybody down the field. So I don't know, man, these other schools are finding their team. You know, these other conferences are finding their schools. If they rush the field, Hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars, but Clemson, man, it's a it's a reunion on the field after every game. I don't get it, um, but I have never seen problems either. Yeah. So I don't it's, know. It's an incident waiting to happen, though. I mean, you know, you, you just follow Levitard show on Instagram or Twitter. You see NFL fights in the stands every week, oh, and man. that's in the yeah. stands. Uh, that's going to be a problem at some point. But Florida State fans, you got to walk on that field victorious yesterday. If you did make your way down, I recall ten years ago. Uh, there was somebody that I know that hopped it early and they kicked him out of the stadium and said, you can walk on the field after the game's over. But there was about two minutes to go. He had hopped down. Uh, just uh, It's a weird place, but Florida State gets the win. I want to thank Javi, uh, who also contributed. He was talking about how he got a win yesterday. And then also his Miami Dolphins dropped 70 points. On Is the that Denver. true? That, or that happened today. Miami 70, Denver 20. That is an NFL final that happened. Wow. Wow. <laughs> man, congrats. Congrats, Javi. That's incredible, man. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what the Don Julio is for, for a 70 burger man. in the NFL. There's not enough time on the clock for them to get to 70. That's just, there it is. Unbelievable. And this dumbass wow. that you're talking to right now cut uh, Devin A. Chain uh, <laughs> for the 1 o'clock window. My man had 200 yards rushing today. Or he hadn't played at all. 200 wow. yards rushing and four touchdowns. I mean, whoops. What an idiot I am. Uh, well, well, we're, we're going to get uh, a little bit more fun with questions uh, for the last third of the program after a quick word from our sponsor, State Farm agent, Russ Morris. Contact Russ Morris for an auto quote today. Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash Warchant. Straight into the point. There you go. <laughs> Very nice director, Ben, uh, with a picture of, of Dabo trudging towards the field with an L leading the way. <laughs> uh, for the first time in a long time, Florida State can smile when they play that guy. Uh, it's amazing, Ira, when you're resigned to a loss to one of your rivals, you kind of forget how many it's been, the years go by, and then when it's over, it's seven in a row for Clemson. That streak is now over. You realize how much younger you were last time Florida State won the game. You had commented on Twitter today that Corey hadn't even left the newspaper here in Tallahassee <laughs> the last time. You had not done a war chant rap for a victory over Clemson. I was in my 20s. I mean, it's just a strange, strange thing that Florida I, State I, has gone through. I told somebody today that uh, I still looked like that picture you guys run on the JCS the last time <laughs> Florida right. State won at Clemson. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's, it's all a big deal. It's, it's a significant win. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, like the other thing that's cool, I think it's, you know, I wrote about one of the stories that's up on the website. People can read it. If you're subscribed to warchant.com, uh, I think that special still going on by the way, 50% off. I think it's ending, yes. ending very soon, but, um, you know, think about from 2017 to 2019, Clemson won those three games, I think by a combined like 134 to 38. I mean, there was three straight ass kickings. The games were not really even competitive. And 2020 might have been worse than any of those if they had played that game during the COVID year. Well, then 2021, you lost by 10 points. 20, you And you led in that game in the second yeah. half with a roster that no business leading in that game. In 2022, you lost by six at home. This year, you get the win in their stadium that's pretty impressive, man. This was this was a rivalry that three or four years ago, these two teams could not have been more on the other sides of the spectrum yeah. in terms of where they were from a program standpoint. And it's been pretty gradual, but it's also been pretty sudden that Florida State now is, is the team that's that's won that game. And it's it's a you know got to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff because this is uh, where where they were three years ago. I never would have expected that they could have turned it around this quickly. Yeah, location of the game is a big deal, and that's why for Florida State getting a bye week and then three straight home games is massive. I mean, you're not leaving Tallahassee for a month. I mean, they may go see their families this week, but then you just don't you don't leave town. And that matters in terms of, you know, you're talking about a lot of guys that are going through things for the first time at this level, you know, and, and they all are to a degree going through brand new stuff, um, being a top five team, having the target on your back every week. They saw a little bit of that at the end of the year with Florida and Oklahoma, I think, uh, the end of last season. But this is uncharted territory for everybody. And for a lot of guys that come through the portal, 
chances are uh, they're not coming from a winning program, Ira, and now this is. But you get to mend your wounds for a week, and then you play three straight games in front of your home fans. I think that's going to do wonders for this team in terms of confidence, in terms of how sharp they look. Uh, if you want to say that nobody has two wins that are more impressive than Florida State, go ahead and say that because that's just objectively true. Um, you know, as, as we get into questions, uh, one more for you, Ira. The three, two, one column that you're compiling for warchant.com. And we do have a special right now. It's 50% off for an annual subscription. It runs through today. So if you want, head over to warchant.com. There's a green button top right corner of the website. You hit join. 50% off. It's called the big game special. It can now be called the big win special, the 4 and 0 special. 50% off for being 4 and 0. Uh, Ira's 321 is a centerpiece to start your week on warchant.com. You have a choice, Ira, when you do something like this. It's like when I do the montage of how you want to frame the discussion. How does Ira want to frame what you've seen so far when you lead your 321? Well, I mean, I think I touched a little bit on it uh earlier. I mean, to me, I thought Clemson I, thought, I mean, I'm give, giving a lot of credit to Clemson. I thought they played their butts off. I thought they um, this was their Super Bowl. And this wasn't a team – you can say that when Boston College does that. You can say that when uh, Syracuse or whoever, like, oh, this is their big game. They put everything into this. But you're talking about one of the most talented teams in the country. I mean, Clemson's recruiting is as good as anybody in the country. Now, they don't do the portal. But from in terms of overall talent that they've recruited, they've recruited exceptionally well. And – they, they've, you know, Clay, Kate Klubnick was the top quarterback in the country. They played as well as they could probably play, except for a couple of moments, whereas Florida State did not play as well as it played. And I think, again, man, that just speaks to what this team can be. Um, so to me, that's what I'm focusing on, um, especially at the beginning. It's just I felt like Florida State is, is, has so much, um, so much more left, so much more meat on the bone. They're not peaking. This isn't a case where Florida State went into Clemson and played over their head and yeah. pulled out a win that's not sustainable. They have so much more room to grow. It's a great situation to be in. I think it's a great situation that Florida State's in. Yeah, you ran for 22 yards and you won. What? Like, that doesn't happen. That, that's criminal. If you're a Clemson fan today, they ran for 20 yards and we lost? What was wrong with us? Yeah. Uh, it was just, it was one of those, uh, one of those classics. There are more than a thousand of you watching right now. Thank you for chiming in on the boards. Uh, we call it the chat, I should say, on Warchan TV. We've got questions. Does Ira or Jeff get the uh, get to break the bye week rock, Florida man in Texas? I appreciate that. I think maybe uh, that'll be that'll be Jeff, right? He keeps uh, nailing the scores, or he's uh, doing well with picks. So. He got the thirty-one to twenty-four on, yeah. on the number. Um, he's not shy to remind people about that too. So uh, <laughs> for him. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe uh, maybe the next headlines will, will tell us the story of who gets to break the rock. Uh, Carol always asks great questions. Carol, uh, let's see. Let's parse it. Good evening, gentlemen. What is one aspect of the offense and one aspect of the defense you want to see improvement upon going forward? By the way, the offense is averaging 43 points per game with only four games in, even without playing well all four quarters. And yes, Ira, the Jaheim Bell factor against Clemson worked for us, too. Chop on. Thank you very much, Carol. Uh, I hope to see you at an event here coming up soon. We've met Carol before now. Uh, one aspect on offense and one aspect on defense. What say you, sir? Yeah, I mean, offensively, I think, well, I have two things. I mean, I, I want to see them run the ball better, but I also want to see them start using some of the underneath stuff uh, in the passing game. Yeah. I mean, I think that's only going to make the vertical passing game better. Um, so I, you know, those two things, I mean, just the, the running game and, and, and some of the crossing routes, things underneath to kind of, uh, open up the defense a little bit. Um, as far as, uh, on defense, um, 
I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I, I better t- the tackling. It's been different things in different games. I thought the tackling was really poor mm. um, in this game. I, they had a bunch of opportunities to get guys on the ground. Look, Will Shipley's going to break tackles. He breaks tackles against everybody they play against. He's going to probably break some tackles in the NFL. Um, but other guys broke tackles too, and and that that was not good. They they need to be better, especially on the edges and a linebacker and, and, and making this. So there's a play. I didn't Renardo Green. I mean, I'm not going to criticize Renardo Green because he's he, I think he's played fin, fantastically for most of the season. But there's a play where he's got a guy held up and then he's trying to strip the ball by himself, and that's not how you do that. You you can hold him up till everybody else comes and then try to strip the ball, but you end up giving up another four or five yards. Those kinds of things. I just you know better more sure tackling. I think is what I would want to see. Yeah, I hope to see, you know, uh, the defensive end rotation on defense have more of the stars. Like Patrick Payton was out there for 55 snaps yesterday. That's over 20 snaps that he's not on the field. If you're going to rotate guys like that, you know, like a Gilbert Edmond or, or Byron Turner specifically, he's fourth in the chart. I think Gilbert is, is definitely should be in that rotation a little bit more. A guy like that or an Omar Graham or some of the other guys that you're rotating in, you know, maybe not in the, when the game is in the balance. You know, like you want to get these guys development. But but I'd like to see the stars on the field when the game is on the line a little bit more often if it's if it's at all possible. Um, on offense, it's just about the running game, and I don't know if that means uh, that getting Robert Scott healthy and putting Bless Harris back there is is the simple solution. But there's just no rhythm, Ira, and and they're desperate to find rhythm on offense on the running game. I mean, look, your first play of overtime is an outside zone run to Jaheim Bell with Trey Benson leading the way as a blocker. Uh, Florida State, I mean, they gave the ball to Jaheim yesterday, to Trey, to Rodney, and to Lawrence. They're searching for somebody to, to take the bull by the horns, but there's also a bit of a mess up front. So I think that that's the hard part on offense is just finding who are your yeah. guys and letting them get into a rhythm maybe. And I don't have a good feel for it, man. Like why? Because, you know, I thought there was a run. There were a couple of runs yesterday where, you know, not Trey, but like Rodney or Lawrence where they had opportunities to, to – I thought had chances to get big gains and they just were very tentative and just didn't weren't aggressive and didn't make good decisions. And then, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the putting Jaheim in the backfield, he's done it before. He had over 70 carries last year at South Carolina. So it's something he can do, but it almost felt a little desperate. Um, you know, I don't know, but to Carol's point, Jaheim, the Jaheim factor did, uh, uh, did come through. He, Jaheim and Gilbert Edmond both won at Clemson last year for the first time, so South Carolina had not beaten Clemson in seven straight tries or in 10 years in at Clemson. Same exact situation as Florida State and uh, Jaheim and uh, Gilbert. They're the secret the secret sauce. They get wins at Clemson. I think he had a tweet about that too. Uh, you can go look yes, it up. But yeah, it's colorful. It's colorful. So that's good. Uh, next question here. Uh, let's see. Go ahead, Director Ben. Pull it on up. Who are we talking to? Uh, Luis. Hey, what's up, Luis? Jordan had some rollouts where he could have run for six to eight yards instead of ch- instead of chucking a 20 to 30 downfield. One of those was a non-competitive throw to Johnny in the second half. I remember that one. Do you think he's pressing with the injury? I, Ira, it's got to be, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, even when he – there was one time he scrambled and slid like eight yards away from the guy. I mean, I, and again, that's not a – like a lack of toughness. It's I honestly think there was a conversation before the game, and I don't know this, but I, just, I believe there was a conversation where, look, man, Whatever you have to do, you have to stay healthy. You have to get through this game. We can't lose you. They're going to be yeah. – They look, man, they know – I mean, the way they threw him down one time on his bad shoulder, they – you know, football players, are, they're there they're there to, to, to knock out quarterbacks. That's what they want to do. And so you go into it, and they know you're banged up. They can see the brace or whatever you've got on your 
your left shoulder before the game. And so they're going to come after it. So I thought, yeah, that's why, that's why I'm, I, I want to believe the running game would be better if he's willing to run it. Cause I didn't think he was always willing to a BC once he got hurt. And then he certainly wasn't in this game. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I would also note that it wasn't completely gone. I mean, you know, he gets tough on the goal line there at the end of the first yeah. half and, and he runs through traffic there. They called a couple design runs, but it doesn't look the same. Uh, you're not, you know, you're not missing things. You're yeah, Luis. It's a good question. Uh, Andrew, real question. Do we think Fisk actually did uh, the flip on purpose? Uh, talking about the ball moving yeah. to, uh, to Kalen. I don't, I think he's trying to pick up the foot. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not going to give him that much credit. Ira, what do you think? <laughs> if I'm Braden Fisk, that's going to be the story for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I would stick to it. There's a, who's going to tell you you're wrong. Keep yeah. stick, go with that story, Braden. And, and you'll, you'll get free drinks in Tallahassee for the rest of your life. Uh, I wouldn't tell the truth, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it, it just worked out for Florida State. They let him play yesterday in the trenches too. He got held a bunch. That's the other thing. I think that defensive line is going to be more disruptive if they're allowed to play. You know, if they're allowed right. to play straight up. Um, and it's also it's one of the great things, Ira, in sports where you can enjoy what you're watching, a return for a touchdown of any kind. You know, last time Florida State won this game up at Clemson uh, was Mario Edwards Jr. with a scoop and score, and that was a lengthy one. I think at least half the field. Uh, it's just you, you see they've got five escorts. You know. Running down the field, Klubnik's the only guy who can get there. He's not going to do anything about it. You've got about eight, nine seconds of unbridled joy in which you can just watch the stunning moment happen and watch momentum change. I mean, that place had to go freaking silent out of nowhere. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. Club Klubnik is is uh, should be thankful that Florida State's guys are not trained killers because man, that could have that could have gone bad for him. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a quarterback, you don't want to be in that situation. I mean, shoot, we've seen it happen before with Christian Ponder yep. trying to make a tackle in that stadium. Yep. Was it there or was it uh, – it, it was up there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, you – you be, you know, it's it's all great to try to be the hero and try to stop the touchdown. But, man, one of those guys could have peeled off and just destroyed him. Um, but, yeah, no, that was – it was you couldn't have drawn that up better. And, again, it finally got home. They were close on some other blitzes as well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That wasn't the first time they called it. Like they, they said the hell with this. And I just hope that's their attitude more often is we've got good enough athletes. If we give up an explosive, okay, well, that means Jordan Travis has the ball again. I, I, I would hope that maybe there's a little bit more of that when they play big time opponents like Duke, who won convincingly again yesterday. That's circle that one, folks. That That's going to be a really interesting matchup next month at Doka. Next question we have here on the Sunday Smash presented by State Farm agent Russ Voorhis. Startup talk. What players are not performing well? In your preseason top forty, Byers, Knowles, Hill, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't want to eat crow yet because the young man's developing. But I had Byers really high, Ira, because I suspected he was going to be a guard for Florida State, not the starting right tackle. And uh, let's just say it right now, he's struggling. He's really struggling. He's not the fifth best player in the top forty. So uh, that's the big one for me. Is there anybody that you want a, a second crack at one way or the other? Yeah, I. I Surprised Knowles has not played better. I did think, I mean, of those guys he, th- he throws out there. Um, I thought Knowles would play uh, better than he has. Um, Destin Hill, I mean, you can't really criticize him. He hasn't gotten any at-bats. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, and I don't think most people didn't have him on their top 40. I did have him in my top 40. I expect him to make more plays, but they just haven't gotten many at-bats. Um, uh, probably maybe Fabian Lovett, and I'm not criticizing him. I think he's, you know, just getting back to full speed. Uh, and there are times where he looks dominant, but you know, him and Fa- you know, look, man, him versus his, his, I think versus impactful and Fabian's impactful at times, but 
they also, I think, need to be a little bit more productive. Eric Baker asks, as it stands now, what is the hardest game left on the schedule? Good question, Eric. Uh, Ira, what do you think? There's a, there's a few choices now that this looked a lot easier on paper before the game started to get played. But now you look at the remainder of the slate for Florida State, and there are some challenges there. What do you think? Yeah, I think Duke's gonna be Duke's gonna be a good game. I don't think I don't I don't think they can beat Florida State here. Uh, Florida State plays unless Florida State plays poorly. I think Florida State's gonna win that game, but I think it'll be a good game. Um, I think, yeah, man, honestly enough, I mean Miami obviously is better than probably we expected, um, but I might say Florida, man, like just because it's in Gainesville, um, it's gonna be the end of the year. I think. Mertz, I'm not overreacting to the win over Tennessee because Tennessee's not – I don't think Tennessee's all that good. Yeah. Um, but I thought ten, Florida's offensive and defensive lines look better than I, I probably thought they were going to look. And Mertz, I think, has maybe been better than I expected. Um, so we'll see. But that game's in Gainesville, man. Like, again, same thing as we talked about with Clemson. A lot of better teams lose in those stadiums. And they're, they're, their fans are still going to be really invested, uh, I think, in the season. I don't know if I thought that was the case after they lost to Utah, but now they've got that Tennessee win. If they can have a decent season, win seven or eight games, they'll be invested and they'll be there in that game. Yeah, both teams have uh, the meat of their schedule, as Ed says uh, there. Somebody else has said in the chat that I don't think Miami makes it to Tallahassee undefeated. If they do, Ira, that means they will have beaten Clemson and North Carolina. Miami plays Clemson and North Carolina before they come to Tallahassee. If Miami is undefeated at that point, that's the easy answer. As it right. stands, as it stands now, I will guess Miami is is the most difficult game left on the schedule. But you know, before the season started, I would have thought if you get to four and zero, you're cruising to eleven and one or twelve and zero. I don't know that that's the case now. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of parity out there in college football, and Florida State is capable of playing to a level where these teams are invited into the discussion. So uh, we're waiting for that consistent dominance. But if they play below that level, then you, you might have some more moments of adversity that you've got to overcome. R. Wilmer, Ira, how was your trip up with Aslan? Up and back. Any stories you can share? It was good. It was good. We uh, we made it quick. And, uh, Who, really drove? Any... Who drove there? Uh, I drove up. I drove most of the way back. He drove a little bit, uh, a couple hours in the way back so I could get some work done. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, the trip was good, man. We actually, we got to the smoking pig, which is, I guess, a big tradition going to, it's a barbecue joint. Well, they've got three of them. Mm-hmm. It was very good. It was, cannot uh, say anything negative about it. It was very good. And uh, yeah, the trip went, trip went well. We, I thought usually after games at Clemson, because it's so hard to get in and out, in and out of there, there, there we are at Bucky's. We stopped at Bucky's on the way up and the way back. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I thought getting out of the stadium would be harder um, because you, I left there two hours after game four and hit traffic, yeah. but it actually wasn't that bad. I don't know if that means their fans were so pissed off. They got in their cars and left Yes, or I don't know what happened, but it was, it was a lot easier getting out than it there, usually is. There are car rides after a loss and then there are car rides after a loss. And, and some of them can be loud and furious and some of them are silent. Like I think if I'm a Clemson fan, it's a silent drive home. You're like, Oh my God. You know, we, we were winning this whole game and then a couple of plays and somehow we lose. I, if that was me, the Clemson fan, yeesh, but uh, it would be a very, very quiet ride home. And, and I'm curious to see how they look now, man, because, like, again, I, I'm not – I'm sure that it's going to be the natural thing. If they don't play well in some of these next few games, there are people going to be – there are people that will say, oh, that just shows they weren't that good. Mm-hmm. Florida State being – well, I think – if that happens, it will be because they're 0-2 in the conference, and they're pretty much eliminated in September from winning the ACC, yeah. and that might affect how they play. 
you're not going to change my – there's nothing that's going to happen to change my mind that Clemson played their butts off on that day. I thought they played really well. No, that's fascinating. I was talking to uh, Jeff about this today on the phone. It's like I like a lot of what they're doing if you're just looking at it objectively. Uh, that's a good offensive coordinator they have. It's a good young quarterback. That defense might very well be the best that Florida State will see yes. all season long. And yet you wonder about buy-in because they've got Miami, North Carolina, and Notre Dame before the season's out. You know, if you go one and two in that stretch and you finish with four losses in the day and age where kids just enter the portal for no reason at all, like Dabo might have a mess on his hands as they're kind of getting things reorganized and going to a good place. It's going to be fascinating to watch. A lot of the, the power ACC teams that are in the conversation, folks, for Charlotte, all play each other. Florida State dodges a few of them. Uh, namely North Carolina is who they dodge, but, but North Carolina has got to play a bunch of, of good teams. Clemson does Miami does. So watching ACC football, and I mean this, this is not tongue in cheek is going to be fascinating and pretty high level the rest of the season. Let me respond to James. He says, I'm lying. The traffic was hell. When we leave, it's much later than when you guys leave. We, after the game, we go down and do interviews. We do the wrap. Um, we probably left the stadium about an hour to an hour and a half after the game. But I'm telling you, I've left that stadium before two hours after a game, two and a half hours after a game, and still been stuck in traffic. So yep. it was different from that standpoint. Yeah, I imagine if you try to get in your car after that game, it was impossible. But even I've gone times where I've tried two hours later and couldn't get out. Ah, I like this question. Pietro, Pietro, uh, any ideas on practice schedule this week? We got emailed about the practice schedule during the show. So well-timed. Share it. Share it with us. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, yes. Wednesday. So they stretch at 9.30, and then Mike Norvell is available at 11.30 in the morning, Tuesday and Wednesday. So Yeah, that's what I'd heard. Stephen McCartney told me that last night. He thought that was going to be the plan. No press conferences on Monday, so right. we won't have the normal press conferences, but there will be practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll be able to cover those. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I think this bye week could not come at a better time, I think. Yep. I mean, I just think it gives them a chance to heal up. It gives them a chance to decompress. And I think, man, if you're this coaching staff, it might make you reassess what you thought you could do, what you thought, you know, what you realize you can do or can't do. Uh, and we may see some strategic and or personnel decisions change, I think, in a couple of weeks. Uh, some, I think there needs to be uh, in some cases. But yet, you know, again, the baseline of what they can do right now is not play well and beat Clemson on the road <laughs> and go trounce LSU in the second half of a game at a neutral site. Like, that's... That's wild, Ira. And they've only played one true home game. I get it was partisan in, in Orlando, but once in Tallahassee, they've played so far. They're 4-0. and Everything's in front of them. We'll, we'll uh, have just a couple more minutes to go here. You, uh, just over 1,100 of you. So you're fired up about where Florida State is. We thank you for turning in to Sunday Smash presented by State Farm agent Russ Voorhis. If you wouldn't mind hitting the like button underneath this video, let's get it up to 600 tonight. 600 likes. What do you say? Uh, we'll find more Noel fans if you do that for us. So thank you. Jeffrey says, I love watching this team. The stress is worth it. They fight hard till the end. Let's go, Knowles. Yeah, man, they got heart. And that's Mike Norvell was almost emotional, Ira, in his postgame last night about the heart that they showed. He loves that part about this team. Yeah, and you have to. Again, man, like I thought, man, I thought that thing was going to go sideways um, in the first half. I mean, the way the crowd was, the way they, Clemson was playing, the way Florida State, you know, Jordan's not healthy. It would have been easy to kind of, man, just, right, you know, Give it your best shot, but maybe like not lay, lay it all out there. Yeah. But I thought, man, there were so many plays. There's a one of the plays that I thought was fantastic. Was you know we're not probably won't talk about it a lot because it wasn't a turnover, it wasn't a score. But there's a play where um, 
they get pressure on club Klubnik and Jarian Jones makes that diving pass deflection. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that was such an effort play, man. He, yeah. he is laying out horizontal to not pick off a pass to just deflect the pass. And again, that like they're the effort, uh, you can't, you can't question it. And it, you know, if there are a guy or two that you feel like are not playing physical enough or not giving enough effort, it's going to stand out on the film. And I think, uh, you know, there may, they may have to either reassess that in a couple of positions. Saw a couple of comments on this and we need, we didn't talk about it enough in the post game show yesterday, Florida state won in the kicking game. Yes. Both Ryan Fitzy with the 48 yarder. Ira, we had seen a lot of camp 48's kind of the outer limit. He might have a couple more yards than that. Could you hear the the shotgun that went off as as he kicked that ball? It reminded me of Dustin Hopkins' walk-off kick against Clemson back in 2010. That's good from 58, Ira. What a kick and a big moment for Florida State. Actually, last week at one of Dabo's press conferences, he was talking about the the D-hop kick, and I think he called it like a 70-yarder. You know, he just – he couldn't – you know, he he was stunned. He was still stunned that he made that kick. Uh, Yeah, man, the thing was, you know, we were at the other side of the stadium, so couldn't hear it that great. But it, the trajectory was so low. At first, you're thinking, "Oh no, man, he he shanked it." But then you realize, "No, man, he just it was a one it was a one iron." I mean, yep. he man, he just yeah. hit the piss of it right down the middle. Um, I mean, he hit it so hard that it kind of curved back in. Uh, it was, yeah, man. And he, we talked to Ryan last week, and and that's a great point. And again, there's two games in a row now. BC lost basically because they missed an extra point, so they had to go for two and didn't get it. Florida State in this game, you know, Ryan Fitzgerald hits a 48 yarder. Their kicker misses a 30 yarder. And uh and Ryan's in a really good place. We interviewed him last week. I'm actually gonna do something on him. Um, how he's come through what he went through last year is really impressive. It says a lot about him. And then also, yeah, man, Mastromano was phenomenal. I mean, he had that one shank early, mm-hmm. but uh man, some of those punts were phenomenal. Flipping the field, getting it yeah. down inside the five yard line. I mean, yeah, that that was there were some special teams things that you don't love. Um, namely the trick return at the end. There's kind of a strange call at that time. Yeah. You know, but in the kicking game itself, it helped Florida State win uh in a huge way. I, I remember Ira, the roadie to Miami in 2014, uh, where it drive stalls for Florida State and Aguayo's got a kick from 53. I mean, it's yeah. 50 plus. And you felt like if you miss this, the game's over. Yeah. And I felt like yesterday, if he misses this, the game's over, and he made it. Like it's just, yeah. they deserve a, a humongous shout out for their role yesterday. Okay, so what's coming up on the website? What's coming up on Warchant TV? Let me tell you about Warchant TV this week. I think the latter half of the week, that one to three window, might be a couple of best ofs. We're going to take a little bit of a breather during the bye week, but you best believe that tomorrow at one o'clock here on Warchant TV, the Jeff Cameron Show will be live. We'll have a montage for you. We'll have a full recap. Uh, as well as a show on Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe, uh, in that 1 o'clock window. I'm not committing uh, Ira, you, and Corey to, to headlines, but are, is that the plan right now to do headlines this week? As far as I know, but I think Corey's up in Atlanta, so he'll be on Zoom. Uh, but you know, Jeff and I will be here. But, yeah, I believe we'll, we'll be doing the headlines. We need to because I think Corey's. I think Corey owes everybody an hour number two. There we go. So we'll see if that if he uh, if he holds up to that. But, yeah, like you said, uh, I'm trying to finish up my 3-2-1 column. That will be up on the site tomorrow. We've had – other content on the site today. Um, and then also, you know, this is kind of a, it's a weird, it's almost like a third of a season report card. Um, I think this is a good time now to really look at these four games, what we expected, what, what hasn't come to pass. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of that. And then also looking ahead to what the, the rest of the schedule looks like. But I mean, I, I think uh, what happens over these next two weeks is going to be a big deal. 
But the nice thing is you do have that Virginia Tech game to maybe tinker with some things and maybe you don't have to have Jordan play four quarters. That's not a very good team. Syracuse has had a good season so far. Um, but then you get, you started getting into, again, some of those tougher teams as we go forward. But, yeah, I think this this week we'll have a lot of content looking at what we've learned so far and what uh, we need to learn from this team. If you want to host a lecture this week or next on things you can take away that are positive from the 4-0 start, you can spend an hour or two hours doing it. If you want to host a lecture on concerns that you might have through yeah. four games, you could do an hour or two on it. It's going to be a fascinating discussion. We're going to document it all. Remember, Warchant.com is 50% off tonight only. I believe it expires at midnight tonight. Or a dollar for a month, right? I think it's still a dollar for, for a month. Two months, actually. A dollar for two oh, months okay. right. for YouTube only. So you go and, and you use code FSU in the number one, FSU number one, if you want to try us out for two months for a dollar. So two great ways to get involved in the website. We are very proud of what we do at Warchant.com on the website side. If you give us a chance, you're never going to want to give it up. Uh, so please head over to warchant.com. You're really, really going to enjoy it. Uh, it's Tom, Ben. Thank you all for the great coverage. And uh, it, that's, it's in Ira. That's, uh, that's, that's the auto correct. You get that. Yeah. You get it's a lot, don't you? I do. I do. I get it from my family members. Yep. So uh, I don't, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it, R. Wilmer. Yeah. So to, thank you to everybody behind the scenes today. Uh, thank you to Dabo. <laughs> Appreciate you, Dabo. Thank you to Kate Klubnick for throwing to the flats on a third and inches in overtime. Uh, to Tommy. To FSU fan 1993, to Z Chan, to Silas, to Javi, Angela, Samurai Noel, thank you very much for your contributions to the program. For Ira and Director Ben, my name is Tom Lang. This has been Sunday Smash presented by State Farm Agent Russ Borges. Is there one more thing before we sign off? I see and that. Thanks, and thanks to everybody else for watching. It's incredible. It's so cool that uh, you guys want to hang out with us on a Sunday night. Now go watch uh, the uh, late NFL game. Rewatch the game. We beat Clemson. Or rewatch it, yeah. There you go. A thousand people. We love you all. Watch the Vitamin Energy War Chant rap if you haven't already, too. Uh, he's our I'm Tom. Wake Up War Chant will be live on your podcast feeds tomorrow from Aslan and Corey. We will talk to you tomorrow on War Chant TV and the website. Good night, everybody.